0: Le'olam vayet. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Miss Bokah. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, June seventh. Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. Today we continue the Torah portion, Naso, and it means, Elevate. Numbers 5, 16-31 The Kohen shall bring her forward and have her stand before HaShem. The Kohen shall take sacral water in an earthen vessel and take some of the earth that is on the floor of the Mishkan. The Kohen shall put it into the water. After he has made the woman stand before HaShem, the Kohen shall bear the woman's head and place upon her hands the meal offering of remembrance, which is a meal offering of jealousy. And in the kohen's hand shall be the water of bitterness that induces the spell. The kohen shall adjure the woman, saying to her, "If no man has lain with you, if you have not gone astray in defilement while married your husband, be immune to harm from this water of bitterness that induces the spell." But if you have gone astray while married to your husband and have defiled yourself, if a man other than your husband has had carnal relations with you, here the Kohen shall administer the curse of adjurication to the woman, as the Kohen goes on to say to the woman, May Hashem make you a curse and an imprecation among your people, as Hashem causes your thigh to sag and your belly to distend. May this water that induces the spell enter your body, causing the belly to descend and the thigh to sag. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. The Kohen shall put these curses down in writing and rub it off into the water of bitterness. He is to make the woman drink the water of bitterness that induces the spell, so that the spell-inducing water may enter into her to bring on bitterness. Then the Kohen shall take from the woman's hand the meal offering of jealousy, elevate the meal offering before Hashem, and present it on the altar. The Kohen shall scoop out of the meal offering a token part of it, and turn it into smoke on the altar. Last, he shall make the woman drink the water. Once he has made her drink the water, if she has defiled herself by breaking faith with her husband, The spell-inducing water shall enter into her to bring on bitterness, so that her belly shall distend and her thigh shall sag, and the woman shall become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is pure, she shall be unharmed and able to retain seed. This is the ritual in cases of jealousy when a woman goes astray while married to her husband and defiles herself. Or when a fit of jealousy comes over a man and he is wrought up over his wife, the woman shall be made to stand before Hashem and the Kohen shall carry out all this ritual with her. The man shall be clear of guilt, but that woman shall suffer for her guilt. 1 Kings 2, 1-3, 2 When David's life was drawing to a close, he instructed his son Solomon as follows, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of Hashem your God, walking in His ways and following His laws, His commandments, His rules, and His admonitions, as recorded in the teaching of Moses, in order that you may succeed in whatever you undertake and wherever you turn then HaShem will fulfill the promise that He made concerning me. If your descendants are scrupulous in their conduct and walk before me faithfully with all their heart and soul, your line on the throne of Israel shall never end. Further, you know what Joab son of Zeruiah did to me, what he did to the two commanders of Israel's forces, Abner son of Ner and Amasa son of Jether. He killed them, shedding blood of war in peacetime, staining the girdle of his loins and the sandals on his feet with the blood of war. So act in accordance with your wisdom, and see that his white hair does not go down to Sheol in peace, but deal graciously with the sons of Barzillai the Giladite, for they befriended me when I fled from your brother Absalom. Let them be among those that eat at your table." You must also deal with Shimi, son of Gera, the Benjamite, from Bahurim. He insulted me outrageously when I was on my way to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by Hashem, I will not put you to the sword. So do not let him go unpunished, for you are a wise man, and you will know how to deal with him, and send his gray hair down to Sheol in blood. So David slept with his fathers, and he was buried in the city of David. The length of David's reign over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron, and he reigned thirty-three years in Jerusalem. And Solomon sat upon the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. Adoniah, who son of Haggith came to see Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. She said, Do you come with friendly intent? Yes, he replied. And he continued, I would like to have a word with you. Speak up, she said. Then he said, You know that the kingship was rightly mine, and that all Israel wanted me to reign. But the kingship passed on to my brother. It came to him by the will of Hashem. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said, Speak up. He replied, Please ask King Solomon, for he won't refuse you to give me Abishag the Shunammite as wife. Very well, said Bathsheba. I will speak to the king on your behalf. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him about Adonaiahu. The king rose to greet her and bowed down to her. He sat on his throne, and he had a throne placed for the queen mother and she sat on his right. She said, I have one small request to make of you. Do not refuse me. He responded, Ask mother, I shall not refuse you. Then she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to your brother Adonaiahu as wife. The king replied to his mother, Why request Abishag the Shunammite for Adonaiahu? Request the kingship for him, for he is my older brother, and the Kohen of Yartar and Joab son of Zeruiah are on his side. Thereupon King Solomon swore by Hashem, saying, So may Hashem do to me and even more, if broaching in this manner does not cost Adonaiahu his life. Now, as Hashem lives, who has established me and set me on the throne of my father David, and who has provided him with a house, as he promised, Adonaiyahu shall be put to death this very day. So Solomon instructed Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, who struck Adonaiyahu down, and so he died. To the Kohen of Yartar the king said, Go to your estate at Anatot. You deserve to die, but I shall not put you to death at this time, because you carried the ark of my God before my father David because you shared all the hardships that my father endured. So Solomon dismissed Eviartar from his office of Kohen of Hashem, thus fulfilling what Hashem had spoken at Shiloh regarding the house of Eli. When the news reached Joab, he fled to the tent of Hashem and grasped the horns of the altar, for Joab had sided with Adonijah, though he had not sided with Absalom. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of Hashem and that he was there by the altar. So Solomon sent Benaiah son of Jehoiada, saying, Go and strike him down. Benaiah went to the tent of Hashem and said to him, Thus said the king, Come out. No, he replied, I will die here. Benaiah reported back to the king that Joab had answered him thus and thus, and the king said, Do just as he said, Strike him down and bury him, and remove guilt from me and my father's house for the blood of the innocent that Joab has shed. Thus Hashem will bring his blood guilt down upon his own head, because unbeknown to my father he struck down with the sword two men more righteous and honorable than he, Abner son of Ner, the army commander of Israel, and Amasa son of Jether, the army commander of Yehudah. May the guilt for their blood come down upon the head of Joab and his descendants forever. And may good fortune from Hashem be granted forever to David and his descendants, his house, and his throne. So Benaiah son of Jehoiada, went up and struck him down. And he was buried at his home in the wilderness. In his place the king appointed Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, over the army, and in place of of Yartar the king appointed the Kohen Zadok. Then the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and stay there. Do not ever go out from there anywhere else. On the very day that you go out and cross the Wadi Kidron, you can be sure that you will die. Your blood shall be on your own head." That is fair, said Shimei to the king. Your servant will do just as my lord the king has spoken. And for a long time Shimei remained in Jerusalem. Three years later, two slaves of Shimei ran away to King Achish, son of Macha of Gath. Shimei was told, Your slaves are in Gath. Shimei thereupon saddled his donkey and went to Achish and Gath to claim his slaves. And Shimei returned from Gath with his slaves. Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and back. And the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not adjure you that by by Hashem and warn you, on the very day that you leave and go anywhere else, you can be sure that you will die? And did you not say to me, It is fair, I accept? Why did you not abide by the oath before Hashem, and by the orders which I gave you? The king further said to Shimei, You know all the wrong which you remember very well that you did to my father David. Now Hashem brings down your wrongdoing upon your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before Hashem forever. The king gave orders to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck Shimei down, and so he died. Thus the kingdom was secured in Solomon's hands. Solomon allied himself by marriage with Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He married Pharaoh's daughter and brought her to the city of David to live there until he had finished building his palace and the house of Hashem and the walls round about Jerusalem. The people, however, continued to offer sacrifices at the open shrines because up to that time no house had been built for the name of Hashem. Acts 5 1 42. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard those things. And the young men arose, and wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours later, when his wife, not knowing what had happened, came in. And Peter asked her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much? And she said, Yes, for so much. And then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door and they shall carry you out. And then she fell straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest... Durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by night might overshadow some of them. Then came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth, and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison— they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Yeshua, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart, and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, and had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom A number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who were slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away many people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say to you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply you be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Yeshua, and then let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame, for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Yeshua HaMashiach. Psalm 125 1 5. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people, from henceforth even for ever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. But peace shall be upon Israel. Proverbs 16.25 There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from the Torah, Numbers chapter 5, and then we're going to jump into 1 Kings chapter 2 and 3. And in Numbers chapter 5, we read of the protocol of when a husband becomes jealous of his wife because he believes that she has cheated on him and that he is to bring her before the Kohen. And the Kohen is to write a curse on a piece of paper and then dissolve that into a bucket of water and sweep up some of the dust off of the floor and add that to the water. And then she is to drink it. If she's innocent, no harm, no foul. Nothing happens to her. But if she is guilty, and she has cheated on her husband and committed adultery, then her belly swells and her thigh rots. And she will be unable to have any children. So, why go through all of this process? It is because God is a jealous God. And remember, at Mount Sinai, this was a marriage proposal. And when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, basically this is a proposal of marriage. It's it's an invitation to step into a covenant of marriage with Yeshua. And what he found was instead that the people's hearts had wandered very quickly and they were worshipping a golden calf. And so what did Moses have them do? In Exodus chapter 32, verses 19 and 20, it is written, So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. And then he took the calf which they had made, and burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. This is the test of the adulterous wife. That if she has committed adultery, she would drink that bitter water, and if she was innocent, nothing would happen. But if she was guilty, the thigh would rot and the belly would swell. So, What's the application to you and I? Every one of us, before we came to Christ, was that adulterous wife. We worshipped other gods. We turned our back on God. We did our own thing. Our other gods were self, money, career, home, family, TV, Whatever. God wasn't in the equation at all. And so every one of us came to him as an adulterous bride. I committed adultery against him. And so Yeshua took on upon himself all the curses that would normally have come upon his bride. He took it upon himself. And he took those curses so that we wouldn't, that when we come to him in repentance, in humility, in brokenness, truly seeking forgiveness, seeking his mercy, his grace, he receives us. Such incredible love is hard to comprehend. Now I want us to go into 1 Kings, and we see a transition of power. King David hands off the kingship to Solomon, his son, and Solomon becomes the new king. And in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 12, it is written, And Solomon sat upon the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, King Solomon's throne is firmly established. Unlike his father David, Solomon rules a kingdom that is consistently strong and at peace. Under his rule, the kingdom of Israel grows into a world power, with the ability to spread monotheism throughout the world, and becomes a shining example of a just society. The knowledge of the one true God and his insistence on justice and righteousness is key to building a just society, as this keeps people from oppressing others and encourages them to make the world a better place. Today's State of Israel embraces this same opportunity on a daily basis, shining as a moral light in a world all too often darkened by hate, poverty, and injustice. Well, we won't see the fullness of a kingdom that is based upon justice and righteousness until Yeshua returns. And we eagerly await his return. Shalom and Yeshua. We'll see you tomorrow. Adonai, vihish marika, yahyeh. Adonai, pana vilaka, ye Adonai adanna naav dil mein ka vaise likha